Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith. Hey, what's going on everybody? It is great to be with you guys for another episode. We're excited. Yeah, you know, we're coming at you straight from Scotland. We have a little bit of jet lag and hopefully a whole lot of anointing and we've just had an incredible trip and we're going to tell you about that probably more in our next episode. This episode, we really want to focus on the PMC, but I do have to say Scotland was incredible. I love the nation of Scotland and God just did incredible things there. We were so honored to be there with Emma and David Stark and their team with the uh, Global Prophetic Alliance, they call it that ministry. And so it was it was amazing. But right before we went to Scotland, we had our second prophetic masterclass, but this time it was the East Coast. And you know, you and I agreed it was probably our favorite masterclass that we've hosted to date. It was from the opening worship session, which was just off the chart. It was incredible. All the way to the closing activation. It was just one glorious blur of just God. God kissing this masterclass. So many great praise reports that we heard. Really excited us. We were in the DC area and we were really excited to be there. And that I believe we're a very strategic region and equip believers in the prophetic. And we have some great testimonies too. You know, we really do. And you know, what I love is when people experience the prophetic, it's life changing. It's been life changing for me. It's been life changing for Sean. And that's one of the reasons why we're so passionate about the prophetic ministry and having a pure incredible prophetic ministry for people to walk in that because it's been so life-changing for us. So when we share these testimonies, it's exciting because people's lives are impacted, changed, and never the same. You know, probably one of the my favorite testimonies that we've received so far was actually from a prophetic word that Sean released. He called out a mother and he started prophesying to her and he specifically went into a word about her daughter, not even knowing her daughter was there. And come to find out after the fact, you know, that's what I love. We know in part, we prophesy in part. Sean's prophesying like destiny and purpose over the daughter and really just giving such a word of encouragement over her daughter and like that God has them that she he's heard her prayers and just really giving a word of hope and breakthrough and promise and destiny over the daughter and the mom's like weeping. I mean, she's just like undone by the word. And after the fact, we learned that her daughter had gone through some really traumatic events and really difficult situation and found herself in a very emotionally vulnerable and fragile place. And that word, her, the daughter sitting they're hearing the word about herself. Uh, Sean didn't even know she was in the room. That's just like the coolest, right? When he started releasing the word and the daughter gets massively impacted, the mom gets massively impacted and the daughter's like doing so good and experienced God. And like, they just feel like that was like, you know, it turned the corner for them. Um, and that to me is what the prophetic ministry is all about. It, the prophetic Mary, the prophetic ministry carries an atmosphere of breakthrough. It carries an atmosphere of transformation. It carries an atmosphere of the hope and the love and the compassion of Jesus. And that is what we saw. We witnessed that firsthand. So that was probably one of my favorite testimonies. And that was one of many that we've been receiving in. And typically what we do during our prophetic masterclasses, and that was a phenomenal testimony, so encouraging, is that we have the Holy Spirit after party is what we call it. But simply after the first couple sessions of teaching on the opening night, we pray for deliverance. We pray for healing. We pray if if any of these, these things are needed. We pray for people, particularly for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So we flowed in the prophetic that night, you and I 
and Julian. And I believe that was uh, one of the nights that some of these prophetic words landed with people that really blessed him. But it was such a blessing to see probably a couple dozen people baptized in the Holy Ghost for the first time. It was so awesome. And when you do that, you know that they're changed more than just on the ministry level of being in a position where they're hearing the voice of God. Because when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you pray in the Holy Spirit, it will help you attune your spirit to God's spirit. But also the empowerment and that encounter level will open up a greater witness through them. So we're super excited to see that. And then we heard uh, a, a number of people in terms of testimony that they heard the voice of God for the first time for someone else, or they begin to identify with clarity uh, and confidence, the ability to receive the thoughts of God, receive the emotion heart of God for someone else and share those prophetic words. And in all the activation series, we had a number of them. So many people uh, were prophesying over one another and you could just see, and even as we asked for the results, so many people were encouraged by the words someone else gave them. And so those were a couple of things that stood out for me. What else stood out for you? You know, one of my favorites was, and I love what you just shared because it's like, it's so true. It's like seeing people receive the batch of the Holy Spirit, game changer. You know, it's just, it's amazing. And they were so excited. There were so many people we were praying for. Um, and I, I love watching that. And they were just like, they were bawling. You know, they were just like so touched that this was happening. And one woman, remember, she hadn't ever received it. She'd been praying for like 10, 15 years. She's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get it. I was like, you know what? Tonight's your night. I just have faith for it. And I was like, let's merge our faiths together. Let's believe for it. And you actually came and prayed for her and she got it immediately. And she was undone because she's been believing and wanting it for so long. So that was just so awesome. But you know, uh, Pastor Mark Lehman, who's over Cornerstone, he they're the ones that hosted us. And that was just like so generous and amazing. What a great church. But he actually gave us an amazing testimony. He said, multiple senior leaders from the local area of Bowie, Maryland, of the Maryland area came and they were open to the prophetic. They, of course, wanted to learn. They were there. They were present, but they also had questions. They also had some concerns about the prophetic ministry, but like one, they w- were open, you know, open enough to come to a two-day masterclass, which I was really impressed with that alone. And they came and they said every question they had, every concern was answered. That to me was so encouraging because these pastors walked away feeling empowered, encouraged, but also equipped to actually raise up a, prof- a prophetic ministry in their church and feeling excited about the gift of the prophetic ministry and what it could actually add to their congregation. They were no longer afraid. And I think that's one of the things you and I are really passionate about is people not being afraid. We demystify the prophetic ministry because it's such a powerful tool when it is done right. And it's done as the intention that God's intended it to do in the local church. It can be one of the greatest assets and blessings of a church culture. And I think they really caught that. And that to me was just such an encouraging testimony. Yes. The prophetic is so profound in so many different ways, but I think of what happens when we're not hearing from heaven, we end up hearing from hell. And that's the thing that's going on right now. I believe the anxieties, I believe people that are literally acting in fear, the situation where people are walking under shame, people that believe that because of the way they were raised up, they will always be that way. We have so many examples in our world today of people hearing from hell. And then the other default when we're not operating in the prophetic or we're not hearing from heaven is that all of a sudden we begin to have groupthink. We let the group think for us. We become echoes of popular sentiments rather than uh, have uh, God think. You know, I don't want group think. I want God think. I want to know what does God think about me? What does God think about my future? What does God think about the situation where I find myself? And many times just simply God's perspective on things can shift everything. The exciting thing, gang, that we want to share with you is right now, these nine sessions from our East Coast Prophetic Masterclass are available at Sean and Krista Smith.com. They have just come up. 
yeah. believe within I'm the ex- last week. Yeah, I'm excited. Just a couple of days ago, I'm really excited about people having access to these nine sessions. I really believe they can change people's life and really activate people in the prophetic gift. And if you weren't there and you're just saying, man, I love what you're saying. And this whole episode, Hearing from Heaven, we're going to be bringing you in a moment an interview, but Chris and I are going to share some of the principles. But these things that you're hearing are going to literally, you're going to get much more if you order these sessions. We're going great. We're going to greater detail and, and so many different things. We're just going to give you kind of hors d'oeuvres a la Costco or Sam's Club, depending on what <laughs> part of the country you're from. And hopefully uh, you'll make this investment in you. We believe it will bless you. And so Kristen, why don't you lead? What is something that you share that you think could really be a principle that you'd want to sow into our Keep 100 tribe that could really help them? You know, I, I've always really believed that when we catch the revelation, understand the revelation of the purpose of the prophetic ministry, and that is to release and give and help facilitate an encounter with Jesus, it changes everything. In a ministry that can often be entangled in people's ego and people can make it point about them, when we lay the ego down, when we don't actually make the prophetic ministry about us, but we understand that the most powerful purpose of the prophetic ministry is that people encounter Jesus because the prophetic ministry truly is a ministry of breakthrough, of transformation, of freedom. It breaks chains. I have seen literally someone go from uh, maybe being open to the concept of God to giving their life immediately to Jesus because they feel known, they feel seen, they feel loved. And when they feel known, seen, and loved, they instantly just are like, I want to give my life. I have seen that again and again and again. I've seen someone struggling with suicide and wanting to take their life and in almost a last ditch effort, come to church, come to the service, cry out to God, and God prophesies destiny and purpose, breaks the spirit of death. That word just spoke destiny. So what does destiny do? Destiny breaks off that death. It breaks off that lie of I'm here by accident. I don't have a purpose. You know, destiny is like what God thinks of you and what God says over you. When someone hears that, it undoes them. And all of a sudden they're like, hold on, like I want this. I want this life and I want to walk in what God has said over me. You know, I think for someone like myself who was raised Catholic and I had a good reverence of God, I'd certainly had an awe of God. But when I witnessed the prophetic ministry, it wasn't even when I was actually prophesied over. It's when I just saw the prophetic ministry in it moving in a room. I witnessed it. That is when all of a sudden God shifted from master and kind of this like, you know, uh, you know, uh, big God, you know, that I serve to actually a God that knows us and loves us and actually knows the personal details about us. Like I said, it wasn't even the prophetic word over me. It was me watching someone receive the love and the compassion and the destiny and the plans and purposes of God over their life and hearing that I was undone. And so it just got me so passionate about my goodness, if we could just show that Jesus loves people to all these people that are lost and searching and broken, when we fall in love with Jesus, we can't help but want to share an encounter with Jesus. And the prophetic ministry does that. And so for me, that is probably one of the most exciting things about the prophetic ministry is that it is a ministry of encounter. I love that because really, what are people crying out today? But they want that very encounter. We hunger for the transcendent and we got to be able to get that. You know, the principle that I want to show, Boo, is just this principle that they say that the average human being thinks between six to 8,000 thoughts a day or six to 8,000 thoughts come across their mind. I don't know how they get to that number. I'm just going to trust the experts on it. But here is my principle. All thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm going to prove it to you. And this is key and crucial for me hearing the voice of God and going to another level. It says in Daniel 2, the book of Daniel in the Bible, verses 28 through 29, Daniel says, but there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. That is the prophetic gang, God or heaven revealing secrets. 
It goes on to say, he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. So now this is what you would call foretelling, the foretelling aspect of the prophetic. There's foretelling and there's foretelling and says, what will be in the latter days, your dream and the voices, uh, or excuse me, visions of your head upon your bed were these. So I'll let you know God can speak in dreams. And now here's verse 29. And this is the key that I want to bring to you. And not all thoughts that come to your mind are your thoughts. Here it says, in Daniel 2, verse 29. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this, and he who has revealed secrets has made known to you what will be. So Daniel is establishing in scripture that Nebuchadnezzar, God revealed a secret while he's on his bed, but he got specific about it. He says, thoughts came to your mind. You ever thought that every thought <laughs> that comes to your mind is not your own? Because there's a number, let's say six to 8,000 thoughts. So let's say let's go with the higher end because I think we we think a lot or at least thoughts come. Let's just say of those 8,000 thoughts a day, maybe, maybe 4,500 of them are your thoughts. And how do you know your thoughts? Your thoughts are analytical. Your thoughts are cognitive. Your thoughts are based on past experience, what you're dwelling on in that moment. Our thoughts are linear. But then there's a number of thoughts that are from hell. Let's just get honest. Thoughts of condemnation, thoughts that are negative, thoughts that are spiteful, thoughts of unforgiveness. You just think of the fruit of bad thoughts that come to your mind, uh, ill will, and those kind of things. Those are those are proof that they are satanic thoughts. And so I don't know. Maybe there's another fifteen hundred thoughts. So I said, like I don't know what is it, fifty five hundred or thoughts you think of another. So maybe, maybe I'd like to believe if you're following God, you don't realize, but there could be a couple thousand thoughts a day coming to your head that are from God. Now, how do you know? Well, thoughts from the spirit realm are spontaneous. Thoughts from your own mind are are linear and out of the process of reasoning. And so Holy Spirit thoughts are thoughts that are spontaneous. So maybe if I could show just one quick principle is to understand this. And God thoughts come out of no place. God's thoughts don't have a buildup. God's thoughts aren't a result of you analyzing and reasoning. Jesus rebuked a group of Pharisees one day and he said, why do you reason? And what he's saying is your thoughts that you're thinking that are critical of me are coming out of a reasoning process process, but revelation is the opposite of the reasoning process. Revelation comes directly from God, and so God speaks as we learn to tune into the Spirit and recognize that His thoughts come spontaneous, but they line up with His character, they line up with Scripture, and as you understand these things, it could revolutionize your ability to hear from God. Keep 100 Tribe, get ready. We're going to have a powerful conversation that Sean had with Julian Adams via Instagram Live, and it was such an incredible conversation. We wanted to bring it to you, our Keep 100 Tribe, because it really encapsulates the heart behind the prophetic ministry and shares some powerful revelatory truths that you do not want to miss. Hey, Julie, what's going on, bro? How you doing? Oh, man? I'm good. I'm so glad we got on here. I was trying to figure out what's going on. Bro, isn't it always how it works? I see so many people, man. And I never laugh at people where they do lives <laughs> and they're having technical difficulties because I feel their pain, man. <laughs> that happens so often. How, how are you and Katia doing, man? Hey, we're doing amazing. We're just uh, coming off um, an incredible weekend of me Kenshin. God did some wonderful things in our local community. We just had a blowout healing meeting on Sunday uh, after 
afternoon and just saw so many people getting healed. You're in Boston on the East Coast. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind. Did you say 17 or 70? Like 70. Oh, no, no, no. I think we've had, had a number of people getting oh. healed here in Boston. Gotcha. Uh, we, had, we had about, um, yeah, just some crazy, wonderful healings. Uh, in fact, we heard the story of a lady in our community who had a dream about her mother getting cancer, which then happened just a few weeks later, and she was given nine months to live. Yesterday, wow. she testified to that the cancer is in full remission, completely healed. In her oh, dream, oh. in her dream, she saw herself praying for her mother and her mother getting healed. And that's exactly what happened. And so we're having a little Holy Spirit moment of seeing some people just coming into healing. And I love it. It's wow. happening in Boston on the East Coast. People have told us the East Coast is hard. I'm so glad nothing's too hard for Jesus. Come on, Judah. I love that. I love that, so, yeah, we're good. It, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I was thinking about this in Revival. We're, we're going we're gonna to quickly get to asking you some questions on the prophetic because I know there's some people that are on. And if you're on right now, we got a good number of people on. Stay on. I'm about to ask Julian some incredible questions. But the thing I love is that Julian, Boston, or I, I just did this research because I was up Mass- in Pennsylvania area, Massachusetts, Virginia, and uh, Pennsylvania were the three epicenters for the first great awakening. Come on. And obviously, you know, Jonathan Edwards uh, there in Massachusetts and the uh, Northampton kind of revival that spilled in. So you are in one of the deepest wells, my friend, in our nation. And yet, as we know today, uh, you know, they'll tell us statistically is one of the least church regions in the United States, hard, cerebral, all that. But that leads us into this whole subject, my friend, is that the area of the, the, the prophetic. Now you teach people, you've got an incredibly a prophetic collective. You have Vox Day, which is your online school. You do a lot of different things. You're out, you're training, you've written books on it. And the thing that I love about you and people that uh, when we had you down for our previous prophetic masterclass when we did it uh, uh, West Coast, is that people love your humility, your integrity, and and just your uh, how solid you are in the word and kind of kind of backing up off of that. I just want to compliment you with that, but just state that, that that's so true of my friend. Uh, what are some of the prophetic uh, ministry or prophetic words that have impacted your life? Like where you were the recipient of the prophetic, what are some uh, things that have really impacted your life? Some words you were given, a dream, somebody minister over you that really rocked you? You know, I one of the things that I love about the prophetic is you don't have to have a big name to be effective in the prophetic. And some of the most significant prophetic words have come from the unknowns. Uh, I grew up in a home that was crazy charismatic. We believed God for everything that we saw in the Bible, and I'm so grateful I did. Um, and we had this old Scottish woman who uh, we affectionately called Auntie, who kind of grew up with us, and she had a dream about me. Um, I remember so clearly I was 15 years old, I think I was, and I'd been praying saying, God, what am I going to be one day? And I felt the Lord speak to me as he had maybe three or four times before saying, I'm calling you to be a prophet to the nations. I was like, God, that is such a big thing. I need some confirmation. And I remember this uh, this auntie, this Scottish woman that we love so much, coming over one day and I had just been praying, literally been praying this in my room, walked out of my room and I walked into the lounge where she was sitting and she turned to me with those fiery Scottish eyes, a bit like uh, Emma Stark, if you, if you you know who Emma Stark is, I know you know. And she looked at me and said, 
I had a dream about you. The Lord is calling you to be a prophet to the nations and you will be like Jesus at the well, exposing the hearts and secrets of many broken people. As she said that the power of God overwhelmed me, I fell out as a 15-year-old in the passageway outside the lounge as the presence of God came. And that really was one of the first um, words that propelled me into an awareness of what it means to be prophetic and that we all get to hear God's voice and do the stuff. I love that, man. I think that's so profound. Uh, I've received different ones. It's funny. It was a Swedish intercessor lady that was at this Assembly God church, like I saved in this campus ministry. And then she would pray over you. She'd say, she's a young man. Can I pray over you? And the moment she'd begin to pray, it was like code for she's going to prophesy. Some people pray like, Lord, help them, bless them, which we value. Thank God for people that pray for you. But she would say, let me just pray for you. And then she would say, and the Lord would say, and I was thinking of one uh, instance that was my most significant, Julian, is that I was at a conference, Passion for Jesus conference, Kansas City. Mike Bickle was there. I had heard of him, but he didn't know me from Adam. And then he had Paul Kane get up and the guy called me out by name and called me out by the state I was from. And so there were 2,000 people, but there was only one Sean Smith from California, man. I stood up. I was shaking on the inside. And what he did is did, I, I've seen levels of people operating the prophetic. And, and again, I, I never despise what some would call were generalities because if it comes from the mind of God, it's by definition, not a generality. It's specific to you. Mm-hmm. And so all those words, but for someone to get my name and then he prophesied something over me and this would have been, oh my God, 30 years ago, right? He prophesied something over me then that it, it's weird. It's a weird thing. To, it's like an ever uh, ascending spiraling. It just keeps coming true again, but at higher levels. And it's, um, um, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's so crazy. What, let me ask you this. Why, why, Julian, do you think that prophetic is so important to the body of Christ, to the church and believers today in the hour that we live in? Why, why do you feel like, uh, not, not that it's ever not been important, but why do you feel like it's specifically important right now? Do you know, Sean, I think one of the um, overwhelming convictions that I have is that the reality of the state of the world means that we have no other choice but to lean into the voice of God. And if Jesus is not alive speaking today, we're all in a lot of trouble. And uh, one of the things that I love is right rooted in scripture in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus makes it clear that the church is built upon the revelation of who he is. And that's both historically, but also his ongoing voice to us today. And uh, we can only achieve so much by our strategy, by our business lands. And then we need revelation from heaven and every juncture in scripture, particularly in the book of Acts that the church is advanced. What preceded the apostolic advance of the church, the impact on culture, the bringing of revival, was a supernatural prophetic encounter. And uh, any theologian worth his salt has to admit that God's voice is still speaking to us today. And if you track revival history and the outpouring of the spirit, they are intrinsically connected. And it's not just about the big stuff that I need his voice. It's about how I raise my kids. It's about how I do marriage. It's about how I impact my space influence. That when he's speaking into that, I get to do more with him than I ever will in my own strength for him. And that's why. Oh my goodness. That was just so profound. And you know, isn't that true that, you know, there's certain people that move markets. Yes and amen, Meg Johnson. I see you in T and others. But isn't it true there's certain people that they will move NASDAQ. They'll move Wall Street. Certain people that are the insiders. And when they say something, uh, commodities rise and fall based on them coming out. There are certain people yeah. that when they speak, and, and I was thinking about this scripture in the Bible that it says, 
the voice of the Lord causes the deer, one translation says, to give birth. Yeah. And I was just thinking, just meditating on the one process, that one thing that the voice of God can cause someone to birth something. And I just think there's so many things in the area of movements, in the area of outbreaks of the spirit, in the areas of a, a person's individual destiny. Like you said, something that could birth a spark that could put a marriage back together, uh, something that could spark that could cause a prodigal son and daughter, grandbaby to come back home to Jesus, that God can speak. And as a result of that, something is launched forward that was not there before. And, and today we, we see the power of a lie. We see the power of, uh, for, you know, the Old Testament is probably called it false prophecies. And I'm not even talking about people getting up and saying, thus saith the Lord and they're off. I'm just talking about a fallen narrative that does not include the mind or the heart of God for man. And we see the damage that that causes. And it's, it, it's just crazy. Uh, speak to this, Julie, because I think you, bro, you're like, I said, I, just, I can talk to you all day and I know people are, are being blessed by this. Uh, when someone says, I don't hear the voice of God, I'm a follower of Christ. I love the Lord. Uh, but I don't hear God. And they're kind of stuck in that area based on, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons, they, they're not getting any insight, any revelation, anything exceptional. What would you say to that person that says, Hey, I, I just don't hear the God. Like Julian, you hear the voice of God. That other minister is the voice of God, but I, I just, I'm not good at this. So I, I should probably just stick to like hearing someone else and hear from God for me or something. What would you say? Yeah, to that? I think there, there are two things I'd say. The first thing I'd say is you've already heard the voice of God. No man can become a Christian without God first calling him and drawing him to himself. And that you've had an encounter and that if you can believe that God has forgiven your sin, you can believe that he wants to speak to you at any time because those two are intrinsically connected. I think the second thing I'd say, and you see this throughout scripture, right from the Garden of Eden, all the way through the narrative of scripture, that both saved and unsaved, both regenerated and unregenerated people are created with the uh, with the potential and with the, um, the the senses to recognize and hear God's voice. Uh, God loves to speak to people. And I've often said this, that it would be highly dysfunctional for me as a father not to talk to my children. And the reality is that intrinsic to you is an ability to hear God's voice. The key is finding out exactly what and how he likes me to you. And when you discover that, there is a flow. And this is one of the things that I love doing these equipping times like we're going to be doing in East Coast Prophets, because actually what we're releasing is not just our experience, but a biblical framework for every believer to encounter and hear the voice of God. You were created and designed to hear his voice. God is your relational father. He's so relational that he puts on human flesh to be right in the midst of people. Glory takes on dirt in order to be amongst his people so that he can relate. And if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And that's the most beautiful thing is his yoke is easy. Hearing his voice is easy. It's not difficult. And these are there are just so many keys that are so simple found in scripture that will unlock this for you. Julian, I'm just going to say number one, bro. Profound. I feel Jesus all, all over what you said. I'm, I'm saying I'm not a hype person, uh, but man, I, I felt the anointing because I love it. You said it. We are designed to hear the voice of God. And so the narrative in our hand that we don't hear the voice of God, I love it. You first refuted it by saying you couldn't come to Jesus without hearing his voice. And exactly. then the next thing is that you are hearing God's voice. It, it is more along the lines of finding out how God is speaking to you because we, we're, we're, he's speaking. We're not 
recognizing it. And, exactly. and obviously, you know, they, they, they've got uh, back in the day, it was just AM FM radio, you know, and then they had serious uh, FM radio and, and, and XFM or whatever they would call it. But if all you have is an AM or I'll, I'll rephrase that, if all you're listening to is you're on the AM dial, you're not going to get an FM, let alone a serious XFM wavelength. You have to get on the right frequency. And I think so often uh, people we're in the wrong frequency. Maybe we're uh, in the flesh. Maybe we're looking for God because the you have to learn the volume of God's voice. And this is so key because I love you said it. I'm just going to throw this out there. We're going to continue our conversation. But I asked you different examples of how a prophetic word, you mentioned a Scottish lady, give us some instances where God used you in the prophetic in some, and, and I, I feel like they're all profound, but what stands out to you in terms of some prophetic words God gave you for others and how it impacted someone else's life? Wow, gosh, there, there's so many. I'm trying to uh, reach for them. I, I think I think the best ones for me are, are the ones where God reveals some incredible details. Um, and I, I'm thinking of um, a particular word. Actually, I just saw this lady just recently out in California. Um, I was in a meeting about a year ago, and I brought a word of knowledge about somebody who had gone through a significant relational breakdown, and I gave the specific date on which it had happened. And uh, I can't remember the exact date, but let's say September 12th and I began to describe what had happened in great detail and this woman was going through a significant divorce after being married for over 30 years her husband had been cheating on her and just in a devastated broken place overwhelmed by depression wondering if God knew who she was and as I began to describe even down to the date that she got divorced on she stands up and God brings healing to her a year later I'm in the same day she comes up to me she says you probably don't remember but this is what happened and she begins to describe the incredible depression that was overwhelming her how that lifted off of her and how she's now doing ministry and serving and doing things for God because she found the worth that she was to God in that single maybe 10 minute prophetic word Um, and it completely changed her life so that she's helping people around her I think of moments when I prophesy in unseen places where it's not at a conference it's maybe in the office or a boardroom I often do stuff like this and prophesying over individuals who then go on to make significant changes in their country or in, in different spheres of society. But all, all of it boils down to, now I'll never forget this, I thought the Lord said to me once, son, I don't want you to go for information, I want you to go for the heart. When God comes right into the heart of somebody and reveals amazing things, all of these great information, and I, you've seen me minister, I've seen you minister, we get some incredible details, wonderful dates, mates, you name it, all of that stuff is beautiful, but it's when that intrinsic worth of that individual is revealed to them that God is so in love with them that he sent crazy people like us to bring a few words together and it changes their destiny. That's the heart of the prophetic and that's what's amazing. Bro, you just gave me some next level right there hacks in the prophetic. Then you said, I love this. Uh, and by the way, oh, that, that, that testament is profound. Don't go for information, go for heart. And would you say part of that is kind of as you're about to step into that moment, just asking the father for his heart, his love for that person in front of them. Would you say that it also includes connecting to the heart of the person that's in front of you? Uh, just kind of speak to that because yeah, that could revolutionize someone's prophetic. Come on, man. Come on, you guys. You guys write this down. This is good I, stuff. I tell you what, I think that whenever you do function without relationship, it's legalism at best and at its worst, it's witchcraft. And we have got to break with the functional dynamics that we often see in how we 
relate to God. He's relational, which means that when he feels something, he wants to share that with us because that's what friends do. The Bible says in Psalm 25 that the secret of the Lord belongs to those who fear him. That word secret is the word friendship in the original Hebrew there. Like if you want to be friends with God, he wants to share his secrets, his emotions, his heart with you. And whenever I get up to prophesy, one of the things I endeavor to do is to still my own um, desires for platform, my own desires for accuracy, my own desires for respectability, and say, God, what are you feeling for the person in front of me? And very often he moves me to tears or joy, but it's in that moment of connecting with the heart of God that somebody comes into freedom and into liberty. And so I think for me, love is the precursor. Uh, prophecy without love is just fortune telling. We don't want to do that. We have to bring a revelation of Jesus, because here's the thing, the spirit of prophecy is the revelation of Jesus. In other words, all prophetic ministers should lead to a love encounter with Jesus. Oh my goodness. People, my people, my people, are you guys that are watching? I love the different emojis and the different uh, texts that people are sending in. Amazing. Uh, that thing of just having God's heart. But even that thing of, uh, Julian, what you said is that when you get up, uh, the love of wanting to be accurate, platform, all of that, you lay that down. And uh, it's so, I think that's so needed that we need to hear that. I need to hear that. I think there's a bunch of people as God is raising up. We're in a Joel 2 time. God is going to put us put on all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. You got to know where this thing is heading, folks. This thing is heading towards a massive breed of prophetic sons and daughters rising up, uh, hearing the voice of God, becoming the voice of God, because we become the voice of God and release it in the earth. I believe that's a major part of that verse that says uh, all of creation is in uh, yearning, excuse me, groaning in an eager anticipation for the revealing of the sons of God. And part of it is that thing. I love that, man, because I think there's such a seduction. I, I feel like it's in those moments where it's easier to miss God when all of a sudden that little bit of sneaky ego thing, that little like wanting to be seen, wanting to be known, wanting to be accurate. I'd say, oh my God, I was in a so-and-so meeting and they got this and they got that. But it's a thing of stepping away from that and just saying, God, uh, you love this person. Uh, how do you want the expression of that love to specifically take place? And I love that thing that you basically were saying, love demands communication. Love demands communication. Final question, man. And uh, I don't want to keep you too long. And so I I'm love everybody, everybody that's jumped on. Lily, our Lily LTV just jump, jumped on. Others. Uh, I, I have, I, I've always loved the prophetic and always jumped in it. And I was modeled it in a very great way. So I have, I have a heart for people that maybe they had bad models and they have to overcome that bad modeling they have. I had, I had great models and I'm not saying that their lives were perfect or anything like that, but they really loved the Lord and they were really trying. Uh, I, I, I began to realize, bro, that the secret to the prophetic is found in the secret place. So if I could ask you, I know it's like, it's almost the equivalent. One, one guy says, it's like asking to go into someone's bedroom, you know, and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, Hey, Maddie, how you doing? I see some people, they wave. What's going on, Maddie? So I'm going to ask you a question. Everybody, y'all, y'all going to be blessed by me saying so. I'm sure. Cause I'm waiting. What components, again, you have, you have no way to fully exhaust what your quiet time is like, but what specifically in the secret place in the quiet time do you do to connect? 
connect to the heart of God. Because obviously prophesying is connecting to the heart of God and re- revealing his mind, his emotions, his revelation to others. But what helps you specifically connect to the heart of God in the secret place? I am so glad you, you asked me that. I think we're, um, I, if I can go on one quick tangent, we are in a place where everybody uh, is looking in on someone else's intimacy, uh, which is really called voyeurism, like spiritual voyeurism, and wanting that by way of sight without any covenant. And the big change for me is when I begin to understand my union with Christ. And so I begin there. Jesus, I think that I'm joined to you, that I occupy the same face in Trinitarian intimacy with you. Um, you see, I, I can give away I can give away the gift of prophecy, but I can't give away my history with Jesus. <laughs> no one can impart that. And so when I spend time with him, rather than uh, when, I, when I do the hard work of making time, of finding time to be with him, I always begin with union. This is who I now am, connect to you. Um, for me, worship is a big deal, the kind of unabandoned worship. Um, and I, I'll just be honest with you, I've got kids now, so that, that has been crazy, but I find time to pray in tongues. I find moments to spend with him. I read scripture, not for a sermon. I read scripture so that it can impact me. Um, these are some of the things. And then the biggest thing is journaling, spending time writing out what God is speaking holding it in my heart, valuing what it looks like. Um, I, but if I were to sum up this whole thing, um, praying in tongues, worshiping Jesus, and spending time in listening prayer is what has shifted my intimacy levels with Jesus. Um, and I want to say this, you know, we can give all the skill set, but you can't shortcut intimacy. And ultimately, Jesus has called us to be with him before we do anything for him. And it's in the being with him that it all changes. Man, that what I love about that, that is, I feel like there are people that are trying to give you shortcuts in a place where you can't get a shortcut, right? Yep. You 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 can't get a shortcut to intimacy. Like, you know, I know when you're little kids, you can meet somebody first day on the playground and you, you go back and you go, that's my best friend. And I love little kids' ability to connect like that. But the truth be told, I think sometimes we think we could just meet with God real quick and all of a sudden he's our best friend. It's like, no, relationship takes time. And, and I love covenant. you said covenant. Amen, bro. I love what you said about listening prayer because God began to deal with me one time. I was watching a late night talk show. Somebody was on there. I wanted to hear their perspective on something. And I just felt like the Lord started a dialogue while I'm watching. Uh, I, I forgot. It was one of the Jimmy, you know, not, uh, Jimmy Kimmel or the other Jimmy, Jimmy Fowler. I think it was a Jimmy Fowler show. And he begins with the, I guess they call it the, the monologue. And they've done that since back in the day, you know, all them old school talk show hosts, uh, you know, that were on. And I just felt like the Lord says, do, do people watch the monologue of this talk show and turn it off and that's all they want it? No, it's because someone's going to sit on the couch and there's going to be a dialogue. And I feel like sometimes we jump up out of our prayer time. We just have the monologue. We told God, I need this. I need this. Lord, bless this. Lord, please help me pay my bills here. Do something about my spouse because they're crazy, Lord. Lord, we yeah. just pray that my boss at work is crazy. And then we like, amen. And we jump out. But it's like, hold up. You you, you had the monologue, but now wait and go into the dialogue. It's like in that talk show, someone came and sat on the couch. They got comfortable and they began to talk. And, and I just felt like the Lord says, you just begin to wait in my presence. One 
once you've done your, you know, the monologue, and, and, and obviously it's more than that, but I'm taking time to worship the Lord, I'm telling time to tell the Lord. It's my checklist yeah. that I've found as I wait before the Lord, as I just get still. I, I feel like for a lot of people, and, and, and we're probably right at that point, but uh, there's no time level. We decide that. Uh, I feel like we're too busy. In modern America, the pace of modern America is in such a hurried, everything is blurred landscape, but you can't make the God of your salvation, the captain of your salvation, you, you can't make uh, the ultimate lover of your soul blurred scenery on the highway. Mm-hmm. You've got to slow down. And when the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God, I found, and maybe you can speak to this, uh, and we'll give one more plug for the uh, masterclass. Uh, you know, uh, it, it says, be still and know that I'm God. I find if I if I can help teach people how to get still, they'll hear the voice of God. Their difficulty isn't so much hearing the voice of God. Their difficulty is getting still because you have all the other competing voices in your head. You got your thoughts. You got your mama's thoughts, what she wants. You got your friend's thoughts. You got what's trending on Twitter thinking. You got whatever movie you watch. You got all these things, the worries. And then that's not even talking about the enemy yet and all the stuff he's throwing. But the ability to get still where all this stuff just settles. And all of a sudden, I find as we can turn down the volume on the competing voices, it's weird how the volume gets turned up on the Lord's voice. What would you say to just the fact that people just saying, I've got so many thoughts. I've got so much going through my head. I'm so busy. Uh, What can I do to get to that place where I just can become more still? You know, I think in an anxiety-obsessed and driven context where many people are struggling with anxiety and thoughts that pop in in ways that become obtrusive, um, one of the things that's really helped me, and I've done this since I was young, thanks to uh, Mark and Patty Berkler, who wrote a book called Dialogue with God, um, is I'm, I'm processing my thoughts with Jesus. I feel anxious. Can you help me still before I write it down on a piece of paper? Because eventually, all of the thoughts and um, you'd be surprised that you probably don't have as many thoughts as you think you do in your head. Get out of your head onto a piece of paper so that you can actually be still in the presence of God. And that's been a game changer for me. If I'm thinking I need to do X, Y, and Z, Z, I'm worried about this. and I just write it down in my time with Jesus, process it with him for a few minutes because once I've written it down, it is settled out of my head and it opens me up to being still in his presence. There's something um, around intimacy that just requires time and the stillness um, and and I think that if you can find uh, the space I, I enjoy saying it, it helps me still my mind, so a beautiful space that brings me into a calming place um, as I'm, I'm doing it but do you know what the beautiful thing is, that that word there, it says be still and know that I am God, is actually that whole psalm is written in the context of warfare, it's, it's written in the context of the nations raging and in the middle of that God saying be still, and I've discovered that there's some thing there's a place that I go to even in the midst of high levels of tension where I'm going God you're the only one who can help me so I'm just going to rest a little bit and I intentionally do stuff that's counterintuitive like when there's a demand for rush I will slow it down step out for a while breathe in spend time with Jesus and not allow the rush to dictate my peace and I think those practices begin to help you uh, because life is inconvenient and we are living in a season where anxiety has been thrown at us and we've I I actually feel like the church is simply accepting anxiety as pandemic. I'm going, no, the Bible, it tells us, ask your anxiety unto the Lord for he cares for you. And I believe that as you begin to practice taking time to be with him, the peace that's on him overwhelms your heart and mind, and he gives you peace that doesn't make sense. It passes understanding. And it's in that place of 
goodness. Like he begins to speak so clearly. Uh, I love the interrupt of God. I love the loud, booming voices of God. But most importantly, I love his still, small voice. And that requires me to be still in order to hear his still, small voice. Julian, dude. <laughs> Brother, you, you're a Jedi, bro. That was ninja-ish. Dude, thanks for taking time, Thank man. you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is an incredible conversation. I'm so glad we shared that with our Keep on Our Tribe. There were so many truths and revelations that that was just deep. That was a deep conversation. I loved it. So many people love Julian. This guy is, oh, is gifted in the prophetic as, as anyone I've been around. But in addition to that, his ability to break down the concepts yes. and make them bite-sized or understandable for yes. people is simply amazing and the guy is deep in the word yeah and he just he just comes there there isn't a religious bone in his body but there's a complete respect for the word of god and for the person of the holy spirit i am so glad that we were able to bring uh julian to you guys in this incredible uh master thanks so much for tuning into the keep it 100 podcast make sure to rate review and refer us to your friends and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss our next episode as we're going to be coming at you uh, live with Keep It 100. And so if you haven't uh, let anyone else know, tell some friends to listen on the next episode. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep